to our listeners, as we continue to reflect on all that 2021 has brought us at the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation, we want to recognize another significant figure in the baseball world that we have unfortunately lost. Today, we pay respects to a charismatic man and great leader in Tommy Lasorda. Sadly, we lost Mr. Lasorda earlier this year, and today and always, we want to pay our respects to an individual that has meant so much to us as a foundation. We continue to keep the Lasorda family in our hearts and minds. As we reflect, we want to encourage you to listen to our great episode with Tommy from 2020 and celebrate some of the great stories that he shared with us at the American Valor podcast. Before we begin, a brief moment of silence to remember the beloved Tommy Lasorda. We are honored to welcome to the American Valor podcast, National Baseball Hall of Famer, Mr. Tommy Lasorda. Thank you. While you were a minor league baseball player, you missed two seasons in 1946 and 1947 while serving in the Army. What was your experience in the Army? Well, my experience was in the Army. In fact, I, I made the last draft. And uh, I spent two years in the service, and I was proud to be part of it. I wore that uniform with a pride and dignity, just like I wore the Dodger uniform with great character and love. And uh, Bob Feller was a man who I knew him very well. I was so proud of him. He was so dedicated to the game of baseball. He, he, he'd do anything just to pass somebody and talk about baseball. I've had the privilege of being with him for many occasions. He's a wonderful, he was a wonderful guy, and he did so much for other people. He was a hero. He was a great American, and uh, couldn't ask for anything more because he's a straight, straight, wonderful man. So you had the privilege of serving our country in the Army, but you also got to represent our country in the 2000 Olympics. Uh, can you speak a little bit what it meant to uh, represent your country as a manager and not only represent the country, but take home the gold for the United States? Well, to tell you the truth, I, I was selected by the commissioner of baseball to manage the Olympic team. And I felt really proud that I was going to do something for my country. And I took a bunch of young players and stayed with them for a long time. We used to walk at night after, after dinner, talk baseball. We got the world of each other. They were proud to represent the greatest country in the world. And I was part of that. And we, we played hard, we played great, and we did it for the United States of America. And that's, that's the thing. I've, I've managed World Series, All-Star Games, but to be able to, to do something for your country, I was so proud of that and proud that I was capable of doing something. So to further discuss your, your managerial career, 
one of the most iconic moments of your career and one of the most iconic home runs of all time is the Kirk Gibson home run in 1988. Um, he was thought to be so injured, he didn't even come onto the field for pregame ceremony. Um, and watching him walk up and swing, you could tell he was hurting, especially after his f- first swing. What was going through your mind at that point in the game? Well, before the game, he could not run, he could not play. And it was a tremendous loss. But he meant so much to that team. And, uh, yeah, well, I, I thought, he, in fact, uh, he was he was wanting to go home because he you know he's sitting there not being able to play it was hard for him to do that so he told myself instead of sitting in the clubhouse he'll sit in his home and, and watch the game but I didn't allow him to go because I figured somewhere somewhere I might have to use him and the time came in the ninth inning. When uh, he pinched it, when he walked out there, the fans were just uh, expressed their feelings. Uh, it was a thunderous round of applause. He was something that he will never forget in his life. And he couldn't run. He, couldn't, he had to hobble up to hit. And when he did that, I figured, you know, He's got he's to get a base hit or he, he can go to first base and then I'd take him out. Instead, he surprised me and everybody else. He hit the ball out of the ballpark for a home run and it won the Dodger game and the Dodger won the World Series. And his, his ability and strength and knowledge played a right vital role in that. He he would he wanted to play so bad, but he could hardly even walk. And what happened was after that, he was rewarded with the greatest thing that could ever happen to a player. He helped the Dodgers to win. Gibson was tough guy to manage because he had his own ideas and we got along very, very well. I appreciated what he was doing for me and what he was doing for the team and what he was doing for Dodgers. And even though he wasn't able to play in the playoffs, by golly, he was there ready to go. All he wanted to do was hit that ball and
so they they walked him, not knowing that Gibson was going to hit X, and then by mentioned he come out of the dugout. I never in my life heard or saw what the what that crowd did. I mean, I got goosebumps listening to the applause when he was announced. They knew he was hurt. They knew he wasn't going to play. And here he was with the game on the line. And by golly, he did it with the strength that he had in him. And I think if, even if he didn't hit and he had to run, he would have ran anyway. That's the kind of guy he was. And it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. It couldn't happen to a better ball club. And we went on to win the World Series. When you going back to the beginning of your coaching career, um, were you ever tempted to take a job elsewhere, or did you always know you're going to stay with the Dodgers and that's where you wanted to be? Well, I, well, I was offered by huge clubs who wanted to who wanted to sign me. But I couldn't do it. I just could not do it because I was a Dodger for many years, and I was hoping that I would be a Dodger for many more years. And I just turned all the offers down, and uh, everything worked out right. Montreal was one of the one of the teams because I played there in the minor leagues. They were going to give me a beautiful contract, and I turned it down. My wife said, we don't want to go anywhere but with the Dodgers. I know, she told me, I know how much you love the Dodgers. You're not going anywhere but with the Dodgers. You belong to the Dodgers. They took you and you were not anything, and they made you a great, great manager. So you ain't going anywhere but with the Dodgers. And that, that's the story. So turn it down. And I turned about four of them down and they gave me the opportunity to stay with the Dodgers and do what I did, what I had to do. Now, after 70 years I've been with the Dodgers, still with the Dodgers, now I'm hoping to reach 100. I'm 91 now, and I, I got nine more years to reach the unbelievable era of 100 years. Well, it certainly worked out for you. Um, I got to ask, what did it mean for you when the Dodgers retired your number two? <laughs> I was proud. I was proud alongside of the great players. I was uh, I was uh, there. I, I served uh, my momentum uh, with the Dodgers. There's nobody around that loved this this organization more than I loved the Dodgers organization. I wanted to be with them until the rest of my life. So in 2000, you became the first manager to win both a World Series championship and an Olympic gold medal. Going back to that. How do the two compare in terms of winning a World Series and winning a gold medal? Surprisingly, was greater, 
watching the Olympic team. See, I was doing this for my country. The country that I was born. The country that I loved. The country that I served in the military. I, I would do anything for my country. And that happened that I, we won that game. And for me to go coach, manage the team, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted the opportunity of doing something for my country. I live in the greatest country in the world. I live in a country that just loves everybody. And I was ready to go because it gave me an opportunity to do something for my country. Chet Williams, who wanted to go with me to for the Olympics, and we just couldn't get a plane to where he could lay down and, you know, rest. But he wanted to come with me because we became friends a long time ago. And I spoke at his dinner of home run hitter, and I, I told him to be happy to do it. And he said, would you sign a 10-year contract to meet our uh, speaker? I said, absolutely. I love what you're doing. Dad, you are great for your country. Nobody. Nobody in the world could give more to his country than what you did for the United States. So off of that, you were nominated for the Active Valor Award in 2014 um, alongside Nick Swisher and Senior Chief Petty Officer Carl Thompson. What does it mean to be associated with Bob Feller and his legacy as an American? Bob Feller was a great person. I remember he was, he was really so nice to me. We many, many times together, and I, he even took a took the Dodger plane and flew him out to L.A. For, to be part of the, the ceremonies. He was a, one of the greatest competitors. Mr. Lasorda, our final question for you is, what is the best piece of advice you have ever received, and what would you like our listeners to take away today? Well, that's a tough question to answer. I had so many friends, so many people. I was proud of the, 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 the presidents that were my friends. And uh, so I spent a lot of time with the presidents of the United States of America. And uh, for that outfit, for that picture that gave so much to the military and so much to baseball, Bob Feller. I was so proud of Bob Feller. The rapid Robert, I used to see him pitch. He was tremendous. And you could see the battling. You could see the face on him, how he wanted to beat you. Well, Mr. Lasorda, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for taking time to join us today. We really appreciate it. Oh, I'm happy to do it, but I want you to make sure that the United States, the greatest country in the world, I did it for my country to go play in the Olympics.
and we took the flag home with us, and it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. It was to win those Olympics because they thought Cuba, nobody could beat Cuba. But we didn't feel that way. We felt like we could beat anybody. And I put that into our players. And that's what got us to the top on that very, very serious. So thank you for the opportunity to tell, tell the whole country I'll never forget Bob Feller his willingness to give to his country. It's, it was a great soldier, military man, and, and, and baseball was one of the greatest guys that ever played the game of baseball. Thank you, Mr. Lasorda, for sharing your incredible stories about your lifetime in baseball and the military, as well as your experience and love for Bob Feller. To our listeners, this concludes this episode of the American Valor Podcast. This conversation is brought to you by the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation, the Department of the Navy, Major League Baseball, USAA, BWXT, Huntington Ingalls, and the Cleveland Indians. Please feel free to leave your comments in the comments section below and connect with the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Active Valor Award. You can engage with the foundation at activevaloraward.org. There you can learn about Bob Feller, Jerry Coleman, recent nominees of the awards, view pictures, and sign up for updates, including the American Valor podcast and more. For Blake Schmida, Leo Manchetti, and everyone at the American Valor podcast, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.